What is up and what is good? Welcome back to Tailgate Talks, brought to you by GuyBostonSports.com. Your host, Andy Nason here. Got Bobby Dot in studio as well. And we got a pretty great show for you guys today. We're going to break down the Cowboys-Patriots game from this past Sunday, take a look ahead to the matchup with the Jets, and then we're going to get into the real fun topics. That's right. We're making sports lists. Top 10 current NFL quarterbacks and wide receivers. Going to be some lively debates here. So sit back, relax. Let's get after it. I, I think we're legit like this is a real podcast now at least that's what it feels like i don't know what do you think we're professional podcasters now i think i'm confident enough in saying that i think this is our future andy i agree with you i think we can just go ahead and quit our jobs now um <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a weird one just because we've seen a little too much of each other recently. Um, like I said, in the intro, we're going to be breaking down the Cowboys and Pats game from this past weekend. And myself and your favorite co-host were actually there live together with our dads. Um, happy to both get tickets. Thank you, Steve. Uh, and it was the game itself was just a roller coaster of emotions. I don't know about you. It was, uh, well, I mean, it was funny. The uh, the first five minutes or ten minutes even were full of excitement, and you thought the uh, over was going to get smashed, and then there was a dip in uh, any type of production. And then in the last five minutes, my heart did not stop beating for nearly a millisecond. It just, that was a very uh, nerve-wracking, exciting, fun, disappointing, sad game. Yeah, definitely a tough one, both for Patriots fans and betters there. But obviously a 29-26 ending um, over time. To, or sorry, I totally had that wrong. I was thinking um, it was, what, 35-29, to 29, right? Yep. Yeah, wow. Just blank. I was thinking at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, Walk-off touchdown in overtime by C.D. Lamb. Um, and then he got up and obviously – gave Jalen Mills a taunting that he absolutely deserved. But overall, this was just one hell of a game. Um, obviously, the Pats went up early, a couple nice drives, really good running from Damian Harris there. We saw the little wildcat play and a couple stops on defense that we really didn't see coming there. Um, but I think this game, what it really comes down to is I think we lost this game because the offense was conservative. And the biggest point of that was at the half, you got about a minute and a half left. Just stop the Cowboys. And Bill takes a knee with Mac Jones and wastes 90 seconds with, I believe we had some timeouts there. I don't know. I I get it's a rookie quarterback, and I get that you're in a game with the Dallas Cowboys, who, let's face it, were predicted by some, including myself, to blow us out. I but I don't get why Bill's not being more aggressive with this team. What do you have to lose in this situation? I don't think we're competing this year. I don't think it's going to hurt Max confidence to throw a pick at the half. You know, I, I don't know. What were your thoughts there? Because I wanted to rip my hair out at I that was, point. I was pissed. The only the only thing I can give it is you're in a situation, you're up 14-10 going into halftime. You have the lead against a team that you put it yourself Everyone thought it was going to blow you out of the water. So you have this lead. You don't want to lose it. You don't want anything to screw it up. But at the end of the day, and I was actually chanting this from my seat, Brady would have gone for it. Minute and 30, without any timeouts, Tom Brady's taking that ball and throwing down the sideline. And I've, I've been saying it since day one. I don't want Mac to compare to Brady. But it's not even comparing to Brady because Bill created this whole system. Uh, deferring the ball at the beginning of the game, getting the ball in the second half. So that way he can get the double score. Score the, at the end of the second score when you get the ball back at the beginning of the third. And so Max in the perfect situation to give him this opportunity and you decided to kneel the ball out. I just, I, that was, I, I have no idea why he did that. I can't understand it either. And it's not like Mac was having a particularly bad game at that point. You know, he only, he threw one pick in the game and we all saw it in the fourth quarter. It was that pick six. Otherwise, I mean, he had a very efficient outing 15 to 21, 229 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Again, I mean, you gotta you gotta let this kid throw the ball. You have to let him learn. He's not going to develop. He's not gonna get any better. If you don't let him take some risks, you know, throw the ball down the field. We saw what happens when you let him do that in the fourth quarter with the Kendrick Bourne 75 yard touchdown, which 
by the way, that sequence of those two plays between the Trayvon Diggs pick six and <laughs> that play, we were standing around, you know, a good mix of Patriots fans and Cowboys fans, which I'm going to get tip my hat to Cowboys fans. They travel well because if you want to ever know how many Cowboys fans are in a stadium, just wait for Amari Cooper to get a catch. <laughs> you get the Coop yells, and it was loud in there. So it was respect that. Loud. It was. But every fan around us for both teams, both of those plays, everyone had the same look on their face of what the absolute fudge sickle just happened. No one could understand it. The Trayvon Diggs pick six, the Kendrick Bourne play, the next play, everyone in the stadium was dumbfounded. Pumped up, but just absolutely dumbfounded. Um, but I digress. Back to my point, Mac was having an efficient game, not turning the ball over, making good plays. The offensive line wasn't protecting him well, but he made the most of that. I just don't see why you don't try to push it down the field with him a bit more. It just it doesn't make any sense to me, especially considering the fact that Dallas – Obviously, we held them to 10, but that's an offense you know can explode at any time. And Dak Prescott, I mean, he threw all over us, 445 yards. Obviously, he gets a little extra time with overtime, but come on. He absolutely shredded our defensive secondary. If you're Bill Belichick and you're serious about winning this game, you have to go for points when you can. And you had 90 freaking seconds. That's unacceptable. 30? I get it. Whatever. A minute? I would still go for it. A minute and a half, that's unexcusable. Yeah, uh, just a few points um, on the Trayvon Diggs uh, pass there. Um, first off, props to Mac and uh, Josh for having the nuts to go right after Diggs, right after the pick six. Uh, secondly, a ball from Mac that was beautiful. That deep ball was a perfect spiral, dropped right into a bucket of water. And three, whoever the hell was playing safety. I haven't done the research I should have done before on this, but the safety, whatever the hell he was thinking, you have one job, bro. Don't let anyone pass you. Even take the flag at that point. Just unbelievable bad play on that. Secondly, uh, for Mac not being allowed to throw the ball, I think a portion of it has to do with the fat ass that we have at left tackle. 6-2, round mound of rebound, Isaiah fucking win. Absolute waste of town, waste of a first-round pick. Randall Gregory, of all effing people, schooled and sunned this man all afternoon on Sunday. Made him look like a shopping cart that got left out in a parking lot. Just, what are these references? I am upset at Isaiah Wynn because Mac Jones is getting absolutely crushed all day. As he does every single week. And this is supposed to be a top five offensive line. That's what everyone was saying all flipping offseason. Because, ooh, the Pets have a chance with this O-line. Well, how's Mac feeling about that? I think I need a minute to recover from that rant right there. With with just some interesting pictures painted. But, no, I agree with you. The offensive line uh, did not hold up. And, obviously, we're still, still dealing with some injuries with – I'm not sure if who was back from COVID or not, but this offensive line is really underperforming right now and it needs to get fixed. This was supposed to be the good part of Mac coming in. He was, he was going to have that offensive line and all these weapons around him to be successful. He has Hunter Henry and Damian Harris and Jacoby Myers, who still, still cannot get a touchdown. I came out of the bathroom when that play happened, and I heard a guy screaming, Jacoby got a touchdown. Jacoby got a touchdown. <laughs> I turned, I'm like, oh, uh, no, he didn't get a touchdown. <laughs> that was that was an unfortunate um, series of events there. Great book series, too. Um, man, one day he will. But Mac is supposed to have you know all these things around him, and he really doesn't have that much. He's got three guys who are solid. That's it. John Smith hasn't done anything. Kendrick Bourne is good for maybe, what, one play? And he's had one <laughs> other game other than that. And don't get me started on Aguilar. Just he's back to his Philly days. Yeah, it's uh, just aggravating. Uh, Yadni Kashdu, let him let Randy Giger be by as well. That was a spear hit that every pass fan went, ooh, to. Because uh, Mac Jones' ribs looked like all eight of them were broken. So uh, that was a fun play. And, uh, yeah. Um, and on the defensive side, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this one. Uh, Jalen Mills. Yeah, you alluded to it earlier, uh, has not been great since coming back from uh, whether it was injury or COVID. I can't remember which one. I feel like it was injury, but yeah, he that play to CD. Which oh, beautiful, beautiful throw, beautiful route. And, you know, the late, he didn't need to push CD. So I know, you know, I saw something like CD shouldn't be taunting him like that. 
He pushed him late on a touch mm-hmm. on an overtime walk-off touchdown. CD absolutely deserves to get into his face and embarrass him on national TV. So Jalen Mills, I hope you can recover from that, man, because I don't know if New England will. Uh, the secondary got cooked today, or yes, on Sunday. And my God, we don't have a pass rush. We really, <laughs> I know it's a good offensive line. I'm sure we'll have better days. You know, Judon's got six and a half this year, but Man, the pass rush was just non-existent against Dallas. It was. Uh, I, I kept turning to you and my dad and literally asking, like, has Dak been pressured once? And even if we did get somebody through after, you know, six seconds, uh, Dak just, you know, turned and ran away and then got a throw off. It just there was nothing we could do to get close to that man. That's the thing that, you know, I think separates us from other teams. And, you know, is why I have questions about Mac going forward. It's. The lack of, I don't, I, he, I'm not going to say he doesn't have escapability, but there is a certain level of athleticism that a guy like Dak Prescott has where he can escape pressure and make plays like this down the field with his arm. I haven't seen that ability with Mac, and, you know, I don't think it's something that you develop over years. You have it or you don't. So that's where it gets concerning for me. I, I'm not going to turn this into a I don't believe in Dak Prescott long talk. <laughs> I made the Kirk Cousins comparison, but, you know, it's just something I noticed and something I feel like we're not going to have for a while. Um, either way, it was still a hell of a game at the end of the day. Damian Harris, hats off to him. The running game Looked pretty damn solid. Ramondre Stevenson's clearly out of the doghouse making some plays there. Brandon Bolden, I mean, he didn't have to do much because, you know, I heard this point earlier. They were never really in a two-minute offense where you would bring in a guy like James White, in this case Brandon Bolden. He didn't have to get used, which is, I guess, kind of nice. I mean, you lost the game, so maybe who knows. But um, Ramondre Stevenson looked good. Damian Harris would have had a second touchdown if he hadn't had to pull himself because he got injured late in the game. So a good sign for the running game, I guess. Um, and overall, again, just the fact that they were able to answer that pick six. And, Mac, that's a hell of a throw, hell of a route. And it's a, it's a good sign going forward. Again, I didn't expect to win this game. There's a lot of negatives to take out of it, but that is one positive. It's They fought back. They kept it close. And Mac was able to recover from that play. One scary thing I, I read on Twitter today, we've had, I believe, 41 or 43 fourth downs this season. We've gone for it three times. That is concerning. We need to be aggressive as an offense. Yeah. Either either Bill's not trusting his offense or we're constantly in fourth and ten. Either one is not good. And we've watched, we're in a lot of fourth and threes, fourth and twos, and we're just not going for it. The good news is we have the Jets this week at home, I believe, too, which is even better. Um, So hopefully this will be a little bit of a confidence boost for Mac. Obviously, Zach Wilson comes to town, struggled, to say the least, the last time he played the Patriots. Um this game, as much as I think we should be able to bounce back, I could easily see this as a trap game. You know, Pat's thinking, all right, we just got our, we lost a big one to Dallas, but we stayed in there. We just got to get past the Jets. We'll move on. And I don't know. I mean, the Jets beat the Titans. Yeah. Um, my pick for the Patriots to beat the Cowboys last weekend uh, did not come to fruition um getting close to the end i felt very confident but it just didn't work out um going into this week though i'm gonna make the same claim um listen bill's pissed old uh, he doesn't want to be two and four uh and we know his personal feelings towards the jets um which are let's just say aggressively rebuilding um if still working to find some pieces on a team um i i think it's gonna be close i think we've hit a level here where we are constantly fighting to our opponent's level um close game for tampa close game with houston close game with cowboys so i think it's gonna be a close game at the end but i think this will be a game we pull out and win yeah i'm gonna take a three-point pats victory here um i again i don't as much as i can see it being a trap game i just the pat the patriots are a better team it just comes down to that zach wilson's developing 
Michael Carter is now apparently the starting running back there because they never know. Um, but you, you're being led by a few too many rookies for New York um, coming into this game. So I'll take the Pats, but it's going to be a nail biter, I think. Comes down to three points. Um, going to be, oh man, we, can we just get one easy win? That's all I want. Just one Thank easy you. one to, yeah, just to feel better. You know, we, if the Texans could punt more than a yard or zero yards, sorry, we'd literally be what? What are we? What, we'd be We're one two and five. four. You one oh and five. Oh, yeah. God. We're picking seventh or eighth right now in the draft. That's a very bad sign, which actually could be a good thing. Honestly, hey, I mean, if we're going to suck this bad, we might as well keep losing. Get pieces. Um, go Zach Wilson. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. I think it's time for the fun part. Yeah. I'm you know what we love, Bobby? You know what we love? This? Sports lists. <laughs> All right. We decided let's take the two positions that I think are the most controversial when it comes to ranking in the NFL right now, current top NFL quarterbacks and wide receivers. We're going to start with the quarterbacks. We're going to go through 10 to one and then Bobby, just let me hear it. Um, Oh, I forgot one thing too. And I'll put it at the end of the show. Deshaun Watson's going to come up later on. We do not have him on either of our lists right now. And the reason is he's not playing. And until he comes back in, we're just not going to rank him. Although, at least for me, if he was active and playing in the NFL at the moment, um, he would be somewhere in my top 10. Not sure about you, Bobby. Uh, he would also be in my top 10 as well. All right. But for the sake of this exercise and the current state of the NFL, he is not. So let's start at number 10. I have Kyler Murray from the Cardinals. Excellent. I have uh, Justin Herbert with the uh, Chargers. Very nice there. Number nine, we both have this one. Matthew Stafford, L.A. Rams. Uh, we'll move on. Number eight, I have Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I have Kyler Murray, uh, just a little bit ahead of you. All right. Uh, number seven, this is where I have Justin Herbert, a little higher than you. <laughs> uh, number seven for myself is the man who just uh, kicked our ass, Dak Prescott. <laughs> Uh, I feel like we'll find a better way to go through these lists, but number six, <laughs> Lamar Jackson for me. That's an interesting uh, decision on that one. Uh, number six for myself is Russell Wilson. All right. Top five. Here we go. Number five, I have, as you said, the manager just kicked our ass, Dak Prescott. <laughs> and number five, I have former MVP Lamar Jackson. All right. I think this is where we start to get a little bit more you know, together on this one, I guess. Number four. Actually, this will be our probably our biggest topic. Number four, I have Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. Interesting decision. Interesting decision. I have part, uh, oh, part owner of the Bears. Part. He's he's basically the majority owner at this point. Um, that was the most legendary quote I've ever heard in the middle of a game. I have to say that was awesome. I own you. I've owned you my whole fucking life. <laughs> I I love when players show emotion like that, and anyone who has a problem with it can go chuck rocks. Um, number agree. four for myself though, I have Josh Allen. I have Josh Allen at number three, actually. So. This is where this will get interesting. And, and, and I think yeah, here's where it gets fun. Number three for myself, I have uh, a person we're all familiar with, uh, one Tom Brady. Blasphemous. I'll have a point in a minute. Um, <laughs> number two, the second one that we both agree on, we both have Patrick Mahomes at number two, and number one for me is the aforementioned Tom Brady. And number one for myself is Mister Discount Discount Double Check Aaron Rodgers. All right, Bob, I'll let you start. Why is Aaron Rodgers number one for you? So when I broke down this list, I essentially, the way I like to do it is, which quarterback at this moment is most responsible for his team's success? Or which quarterback can carry his team the best right now? All right. And for me, that is Aaron Rodgers. Last year's MVP. Just take our other top two right now. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, who actually have the two best loaded offenses in the NFL at this point receiving up the wazoo. They can throw to whoever and get yards. Now, Aaron Rodgers has a man, Devontae Adams, who is very good at his job, and I'm not taking any weight from him. Look after that and then try to convince me and compare it to those other two teams. What Aaron Rodgers has done these past two years especially, even with his attitude, and I, I don't care how he acts off the field. I, I just don't take that in my rankings. I care for what my quarterback does for the 60 minutes when he's on the field. As well, too, he 
I own you. That's just another factor that some people didn't consider. I just look at what he can do uh, when he plays for that team, and he is clearly, to me right now, the best quarterback in the league. Some good points, but if you're going to say the quarterback who's most responsible for his team's success, Tom Brady literally went into Tampa Bay and won them a Super Bowl in year one. I think that is complete ownership, more ownership than Aaron Rodgers has in the Bears when it comes to success. So, Tom Brady. Now, I just want to make a quick right, count of that. Right, I just want to make a quick right. count of that. Now, who would have more success with the Ops team? Would Aaron Rodgers have better success with, with, with similar success with Tampa? And will Tom have similar success with Green Bay? I think they both could easily because Tom mm-hmm. has shown how successful he can be with a lot less. You know, we've seen some of the New England offenses he's had, and he's been very successful with them, as successful as Aaron Rodgers has. By the way, one Super Bowl um, with all these (laughs) different weapons that he's had. Uh, First off, I haven't seen Tom Brady at 44 uh, do any of that with uh, a lesser talented roster. Um, Go ahead. Why why is Tom Brady number one? Just, Just tell me that. He is literally playing at an MVP level at age 44. He is the number one graded quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. He is literally one for one in Super Bowls with his new team, and he's barely had to try. I mean, the guy's on pace for 6,000 yards, and he's just playing out of his mind at the moment. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. No fourth quarter interceptions, barely an interception. The first two, the first week. Yo, he threw two, and they were a Hail Mary and one right off Lenny Fournette's hands, who, by the way, he's helped revive his career, which I think that's a miracle on its own. Tom Brady is leading the best team in the NFL, and it's because of who he is as a quarterback. He's the most clutch quarterback in NFL history, and he's playing some of his best football ever. So for me, I mean, we call him the GOAT. He's absolutely playing like it, and that's why he gets the number one spot for me. I'm just saying that the Packers and Tampa Bay at this point are both five and one, and one roster is fully loaded, and one roster is reeling significantly from injuries. And I'm just saying that one man has to do with a lot more success. He still has Adams. He still has Jones. It's not like he's playing with nothing. Let's face it. That O line is decimated. Don't David, that, David Bakhtiari isn't playing. He'll be fine. He'll be back. He's still playing fine with them. I'm not saying anything against Aaron Rodgers, per se. I just think there's a little more upside with some of these other guys. Obviously, I have Mahomes at number two. You can argue he's one of the most physically talented quarterbacks in history. Um, I don't want to take anything away from him, but the reason that he's number two and not number one, number you know, A, they're not playing well. So he gets a little bit of a bump down. Um He's playing a little too willy-nilly nowadays. We kind of talked about this. He's really taken on that, you know, fuck it, reek down there somewhere approach <laughs> to how he's playing, all these no looks, all these underhand shovels. And it's it's just too – it's trying to be too creative. Um, we know Mahomes is good. He's an MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's, da- he's a t- consistent top five player in the NFL lately. His family sucks. I mean, that's that could be a knock on him. Jackson Mahomes, yeah. most disrespectful yeah, you, thing I've seen in a while. Massive um, douche. Oh, my gosh. Uh, did you see his mom tweeted out during the game? Um, he threw an interception. It was off Reek's hands. And, I mean, it was on Tyreek Hill. I mean, he dropped the ball, let it go through him. And she's like, oh, that shouldn't be an interception on Patrick. That should be a fumble on the wide receiver. Ma'am, your son's been winning football for a long time. You need to chill. Just because he's playing like ass does not mean we get to change the rules of the game. Just yeah, Patrick it's, needs uh, to control his family. So he, who knows? Maybe that's a mental to, knock he, for me. He he needs to pull an Aaron Rodgers and uh, just diss himself a little bit. Go Mary Shane Ludley and call it a day. That's a pretty good life right there. Rodgers, I mean, he seems pretty happy. Um, <laughs> again, I have another guy ahead of him, Josh Allen. And – it might be that if you ask me today, who do I need to win a game right now? I'd probably still take Aaron Rodgers, but Josh Allen is continuing to ascend, and the physical tools that he has make him just a scary talent in this league. He has 
you can argue it's between him and Mahomes, arguably the best arm in football. The guy can make any throw. His accuracy has significantly improved over the last two years. Obviously, last year he was an MVP candidate. He still is this year. He has the rushing ability, the size, and he's becoming more of a leader, I think. I think you're seeing him mature in front of our eyes. You know, he, I think he is going to win an MVP at some point in his career, probably within the next two or three years. Um, and he's just continuing to get better. And I see guys who just, it looks like this team rallies around him. Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a talent and I have him right behind there. And it's like, it's like a three, a three B situation. You know, there's not much separating them, but I think leadership kind of takes part of it. You know, Aaron, you, you didn't handle your business. Well, this off season, it worked out for you. You're going to go to a new team. You're, you know, your players still like you, but you know, there's something to be said about that. I think. I just, there are only, actually, I'm just going to do this math real quick in my head. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. On our top 10 list, there's only three players that have a Super Bowl and an MVP. And they're my top three. Uh, They're not your top three, which is a little disappointing. But other than that, I just, you know, Josh hasn't proven it yet. Uh, He has a lot of talent. He's done pretty well so far. I'm happy to see his development as a quarterback. I think he's the model for if you're a coach and you have a young quarterback who's still learning, like Mac Jones, for example. He, like Josh Allen, is the picture-esque perfect of what exactly what you want for development. Um, But Aaron is is there already. Develop a a cannon arm and mobility in the next year or two. I'm just pointing out the flaws he had his rookie year versus what he's grown into. But I get you. What you're saying about Josh Allen becoming Aaron is there. So that's why he's ahead. That's fine. I get that. Um, Sean McDermott has done a hell of a job with him. We'll move on. So we've kind of gone over the top four. Number five, I've got Dak. I mean, the guy's playing out of his mind right now. Yes, he has the one of the best offensive skill groups and offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, but to come back from injury, the way he's playing, the guy's a leader. You know, he's really he's taking care of the football in general. Um, I know there were a couple turnovers this past weekend, but it's just more on him being aggressive, if anything. So I got to respect that. Um, and just the leadership he's shown throughout it. I, I take a lot of these, when it comes to quarterbacks, I feel like I take a lot of these characteristics and it's like, who do I want leading my guys on the field? And Dak is one of them. I mean, you see the perseverance, you see how his teammates like flock to him. Um, I think that's big for him. Lamar, I have at six and man, he is looking much better as a passer. I know there's a couple more picks this year. Uh, but he's doing a lot of his damage out of the pocket. And it's really impressive to see he's not relying on his rushing, which he still has, which makes him really freaking dangerous. So those are my next two. And obviously there's an MVP there and one guy who's well on his way to potentially an MVP or at least a minimum, a comeback player of the year award. Yeah. Uh, Lamar's five for me just because a, the MVP he's proven it, you know, value that how you want, but the dual threat aspect of what Lamar is, um, you kind of allude to it. He can throw and just his ability to run is unmatched in the NFL. And he is the quintessential dual threat dream of any NFL coach. He's absolute monster and just uh, he scares me. Um, and then going into my uh, number six, Russell Wilson, uh, I understand putting him Overrated. ahead of putting him ahead Overrated. of Dak Prescott. Might Overrated. upset quite Overrated. a few people. Uh, listening. Uh, hey, Andy, can I get your opinion on Russell Wilson real quick? Overrated. Oh, wow. It's tracking. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's obviously injured. He's going to miss quite some time. Uh, I'm not taking that to a factor. Just It's kind of a little, it's, it's kind of a little unfair. Um, he came in his rookie year. He won the starting job being a second-round pick. He quickly won a Super Bowl. Yes, he had a great defense, but he still did it. Um, ever since then, It's he's put up insanely good numbers. Uh, and similar to Dak, where it's for me, they're very similar, but I'm going to take the guy that's done it for longer and has proven to be at that peak level. I'm not trying to disrespect Dak. Credit to him for coming back from that injury, but prove it a little bit. Um, he didn't really get this super pass happy until the beginning of last year when Mike McCarthy came in. And yeah, he was throwing the F out of the ball. He had like 2,000 yards in the first five games, something stupid like that. And then, yeah, he got hurt, and he's doing it again. But just, you know, give me a full season. Show me you can do it for the long term, and then I'll put I'll happily put him above Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson, I have him at eight for me. And, you know, obviously he's been a winner his entire NFL career, and you got to respect Bingo. that. But And he had that scorching start last season. But, I mean, after that he really fell off, and 
there hasn't been a ton of winning since then um, and not a lot of postseason success. So I feel like it's all like let's re- let Russ cook thing. Like I, I'm not seeing it lead to actual success. It's like the Steelers last year. Like they went undefeated to start and guess what? They sucked. Um, and now we're seeing what they really are. And I think that's the case with the Seattle Seahawks. It's, you know, they had a hot start last year and now we're seeing like this just isn't that great a team. Russell Wilson's a bit overrated because it hasn't led to any in-season success for him. Um, Postseason-wise, they haven't done anything in a couple of years. And again, it's after that scorching start, just nothing. So, I don't know. I'm past Russell Wilson. I think he's on the decline. Obviously, the finger thing, I'm not taking into effect here. But I like guys like Justin Herbert more than him because I'm seeing that it factor that's leading to wins. Obviously, the physical tools are great. Um and I think there's just, again, another guy who's just continuing to ascend and, you know, I think has the tools that can win. The rest of the guys on my list, Stafford, finally, he has a full team around him and an offensive coaching staff that can actually do well. And then Kyler Murray, I just want to see it a little bit more, but Cliff Kingsbury has that team playing really, really well right now, especially with all the offensive weapons around him. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Kyle is eight for me right now, and it's just fun. It's it's crazy to see, again, guy his size um, just be able to juke around opponents, fling the ball as flipping far as he can um, with, obviously, D-Hop and his other weapons. It's just it's a fun offense right now. They're humming. They're 6-0. and oh, They're the probably, again, the undefeated team I give credit to. So I, I don't want to put them as the best team, but you kind of have to. Uh, they, they've beaten everybody. Uh, Matty Stafford, uh, for me, same as you as nine. He's just kind of showing what he's always been able to do, but actually on a winning team, so I'm happy for him. And then Justin Herbert, he's broken through the top 10 for me. Uh, F anyone who said he wasn't a leader. Uh, great start to the season for him and just happy to see him play. Yeah, I bet the uh, I bet the Dolphins really wish they had him back. Let's go to wide <laughs> Let's Let's move on. I mean, just a couple guys who just missed the cut for me. Joe Burrow is right on the cusp. He is, I just need to see more from him. And Kirk Cousins is there and i know that i feel like that'll surprise a lot of people i feel like it'll fine fine i'm just saying consistency you know he can't help how his team plays but overall it's been pretty impressive for him the last couple of years you like that you like that uh for me um, uh my guys just said it's at the top 10 i actually agree with you on burrow but um also for me Derek carr um, especially this year, who's been playing lights out. And then Matty Ice, um, he's in a tough situation with just the rebuilding he's team. But for, it, for entire for the entire of his career, he's been a great quarterback. And I just I don't think he's washed. I think he's on a crap team. I think he's fine quarterback, but he's washed in terms of top ten potential. He's a uh, top fifteen. I don't mind that, but he's he's playing fine, but it's not good. I guess I'm picking Matt good. Ryan over Kirk Cousins. I'll tell you that right now. I would take Kirk Cousins in this case. Oh, it's your opinion, buddy. I mean, we'll see who wins. Um, would you take? <laughs> all right. Would you take Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? Carr. I'm gonna take Kirk. I just again consistency. Now wait. Uh, wait, think, just wait, real wait, quick. Wait, wait, wait. No, I want to ask: Is it a day game? that's the only thing that would uh, screw up this uh, list for me Um, and I just want to give credit to Derek Carr real quick and the rest of the Raiders team Um, went getting a big win last Sunday uh, after everything that's obviously happened with John Gruden and moving on from him Um, a lot of teams would kind of uh, suffice and just succumb to a loss into a rough week like that but Derek Carr especially showed up and balled out yeah, that was impressive. Um, really good showing. I think the offense looked better, honestly. Um, Greg Olson, not the tight end. Um, it's another <laughs> offensive coach. Calling plays for the first time um, since John Gruden was calling the plays. And I think he did a hell of a job. They're utilizing Henry Ruggs, um, getting some deep shots to Brian Edwards. I mean, it's good. it's a good team still. That offense has a lot of guys who can get downfield. So if you can utilize them, you know, that team's still going to be Maybe not. I don't know about a playoff team. I don't know if they can keep this up consistently, but they have talent. They're going to be a tough win for most teams. So good for the Raiders. Exactly. Can't agree more. Let's move on to receivers because this is the one I think you're going to get real bad at. (laughs) Here we go. Number 10, I have the Rook, 
Jamar Chase. Oh, it's really a big jump there. Uh, for myself, number 10, DK Metcalf, the All right. machine. Number nine, I've got Keenan Allen from the Chargers. Excellent. Uh, myself, number nine, I have Cooper Touchdown Cup. LA Rams. Don't hate that one. We'll get into that. Fantasy uh, eight, dream this season. That that he is. That he is. Um, Coop a cup of coffee right there. Um, I stole that from something. So, and number eight, DK Metcalf for me. Uh, number eight for myself was Keenan Allen on the Chargers. Number seven, I got Mike Evans. Number seven for myself, and uh, I think this will cause quite a little bit of a stir, but it is Julio Jones. This is not an AARP meeting. <laughs> Next anyway, on your list, Andrew. Um, where were we at? Seven. Uh, so we're at six now. Michael Thomas. Oh, interesting. Michael Thomas, zero games played. Julio Jones, four games played. Huh, funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number really six, count those as played? Number six for myself is uh, Justin Juice Jefferson hit the gritty baby. Love it. And that is who I have at number five, Justin Jefferson. Number four, uh, Bob? Uh, number four, well, number five for myself is um, oh, Mike yeah. Evans on Bye, Tampa man. Bay. Oh, good. <laughs> and, right. now, and now – I do. I'm excited for top four because we have the we have the same players, but it's a different lineup. Yeah, I have Stefan Diggs at number four. I have Tyreek Hill at number four. Ooh. For me, all right. Next, DeAndre Hopkins at three. Uh, Diggs for myself at three. I've got Tyreek Hill at two. Uh, D Hop for me and at two. And we are both in agreement on this one. I think it's pretty universal. Devonte Adams, number one wide receiver in the NFL. Literally. Be perfect. Can't say anything bad about him. All right. Let's get into these top four because, like you said, we both have the same guys. Adams at one and then some combination of Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Stephon Diggs. I have Tyreek Hill at two, and it's because he is the most dangerous player in the entire NFL. With his speed, he can break a game open so easily. You see what happens. There's a reason the memes of Mahomes saying the – Fug it, reek down there somewhere. Because Tyreek Hill can literally break away from any quarterback at almost any time in a game and break a 70-yard touchdown pass. It is almost uncoverable. You have to plan your entire game plan around him. Nothing against these other wide receivers, not that they are good. It's just Tyreek Hill has a skill set that almost no one else in the league has, and it makes him just impossible to guard almost. So... Uh, that's why I have him at number two. Devontae Adams is the most complete wide receiver and dominant, but Tyreek Hill has the danger factor. The The game could literally be broken open at any split-second factor. Yeah, so uh, I understand your reasoning, but uh, here's my one counter to that. Um, recently, especially this year and a little bit of last year near the end, uh, especially with Tampa did, uh, you just drop a safety over him, uh, you double-team him to an extent, and I know it's... You know, unfair to say, you know, double team stops him like a lot of players would, but that's kind of the cheat code to stop Reek at the very minimum. Um, there's a man, though, that if you do double team, even triple team, he uh, will still end up getting the ball, and that is De- DeAndre Hopkins. Um, definition of um, uncoverable, in my opinion. Um, doesn't have the best footwork, not the fastest, but between his jumping, his length, and his hands, which are the best in the league there, um, I just, he is close to the perfect receiver, just if he was a little bit faster. I get that. I just look at those two and I go, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, he can get up and catch any ball. I mean, the guy catches everything. I totally get that. But what would I rather bet on, breakaway speed or jump ball and winning at the catch point? I would count on the breakaway speed a lot more. Um, And A, I mean, if you have to commit your entire defense to stopping Tyreek Hill, that's going to open up other things. So it just makes guys, other guys more successful. And that's why I have him there. I'm surprised you have Diggs above him, though. Explain that one to me. Yeah, so I think Diggs' footwork is actually the best in the league right now. What the man does for Buffalo, I mean, look at Josh Allen before Diggs and look at Josh Allen after Diggs. The man clearly came in and it was an immediate impact and finally got you know that kind of first receiver role he'd been kind of fighting between Adam Thielen for over in Minnesota. He comes over to Buffalo, shows his ability, and he's just used in so many different routes and so many different ways with Buffalo. He's been able to show his full set, and I think he's just 
just a little bit less of what Devontae Adams is, a guy who can do pretty much everything. And again, I'm not trying to disrespect Hill here, but Hill's kind of a one-trick pony. It's an unstoppable one-trick. I was just saying that one trick is so good. It's it. It's very good, but I appreciate kind of the complete package. And to me, Diggs is very, very close to what Devontae Adams is. Not comparing, not saying same level, doesn't make that very clear, but Diggs is very close to it. Diggs, I think, is the best, one of the best route runners God, in the so NFL. Good. Top, you know, you can make an argument for other guys, but I think Diggs, it's a strong case there. Um, and he's a complete wide receiver. I don't disagree with you on that one. But again, with Hill, look at who wins in the NFL. It's guys with speed. At the end of the day, the faster guys are going to be more successful. So that's why, again, Hill has just the danger factor. They, he's the knife in your back at the end of the game. Like, you know, Stefan Diggs is going to have a solid game. He's going to open up, you know, a game for you. DeAndre Hopkins, you can hope for a prayer. I'd rather have him down there. But, you know, if I need to just score real quick, Tyreek Hill is going to be your guy. Um, so that's my thoughts there. I, Justin Jefferson, I think we both have him. I was surprised you had him as high because I thought I had him high on this list. Um, technically, I'm one spot higher than you. But, man, this he's is a so case good. where he's so good. Oh, my he's God. so good. And it's just he's like, fun. It was one of those things where I wanted to see it for another year, and he's already done it this season. Fun fact I found, right now in the NFL – on catch, uh, he uh, he leads the NFL right now in first down catches on third down with 13. Also, Tyreek Hill is second, 12 on that. Just want to point that out. Thanks, that bro. he's clutch. He's just clutch. 22 games in his career, almost 2,000 yards already. 10 touchdowns, 129 catches. I mean, the guy has just come in and dominated. This was the fourth wide receiver taken in that draft class. He's behind Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, all good receivers, by the way, but. The fourth guy you got. Oh, oh, sorry. Fifth. Fifth. Um, huh. my, That's a- right. Andrew, if you're listening, uh, Jalen Rager, he doesn't even get mentioned in this category. We can't even talk about him as a first rounder because he barely counts anymore. Uh, man, can you imagine how Eagles fans must feel <laughs> about this yeah. pick? <laughs> and then there was the whole they took J- JJ Arcega Whiteside oh a couple God. picks before DK the year before. So man eagles fans just teach a front office to evaluate wide receivers that is bad Down bad that is just oh, that's pathetic uh we can't talk co- too loudly though yeah no we really can't so i get it um mike evans i like him at five for me i feel like he the only reason i don't have him higher i have him at seven and it's because I feel like he's never going to be the guy who you say like, oh, he's like one of the top two best like wide receivers in the NFL. No, he's just super consistent and always really good. Um, obviously, his starting his career every year he's had a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. I just he doesn't have that like he doesn't have that top guy factor, but he's really freaking good. I mean, I value. Um... A player who goes who you who, who can rely on uh what's the phrase dependability is the most important ability uh and i just think that not to say he's screwed over because he's obviously winning a lot i'm sure he prefers that um he gets you know less touches and looks because he's on a team with antonio brown Gronk, chris godwin etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's just what happens uh when you're on a loaded team like that and I, I don't, think- don't want to knock him for that obviously i mean he's he's been on a team with you know he's been successful with you know, way less, you know, I, if anything, these guys make him better in a way, it just might be less numbers, but still. He's had seven straight years with a thousand yard seasons. It's truly (laughs) impressive. It's, it's ridiculous. It's just a pure consistency. I think that should be appreciated a little more. Imagine if he had, I understand he had Winston who was just humming that thing as far as possible, which was a boost, big help. But I just think if he was the sole guy on a team with a good quarterback, he'd be putting up, you know, big, big numbers to find dig level numbers, uh, D hop numbers. Like, I just think he gets a little bit underused because of the system he's in right now. Yeah, I, I get what you mean there. Like I said, for me, I just have him a little lower because he's just never you, you never talk about Mike Evans when you're talking about like the best wide receivers in the NFL. One guy you do talk about sometimes, obviously, it's been a little bit less the last year and a half. 
is Michael Thomas, who I have one spot ahead of him. Um, Interesting. And I think you have to look at it. This guy with Drew Brees, who can't throw more than who couldn't throw more than twenty yards. By the way, <laughs> like we, just, we got to that point at the end of his career. Michael Thomas had arguably the most dominant two-year stretch we've seen from a wide receiver in a very long time. 2018, 125 catches on 147 targets, 1,405 yards, nine touchdowns. 2019, 149 NFL record catches, 185 targets, one of the top marks in league history, 1,725 yards, one of the top marks in league history, and nine touchdowns along with that. That is incredible. 2020, dealt with injuries, inconsistent quarterback play. This year, hasn't played yet. I am not ready to write Michael Thomas off. If anything, when he comes back with Jameis Winston, I think we're going to see a better version of Thomas because he's not going to just be running slants because now he'll actually be able to have a quarterback who can get him the ball downfield. Uh, what's the phrase? Slant bitch. Uh, unfortunately, that's the uh, name Michael Thomas like, dealt with. I feel like that was rude. I, I think it was. Yeah, that's 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 rude, dude. Let's listen, I, offensive offensive player of the year. Listen, I'm not I'm not trying to show disrespect to Michael Thomas. I, he obviously had a great run. Um, I just get concerned when it's a very long term injury like this, and he's still not back. Along with the fact that he's apparently unhappy with the Saints. You have Julio Jones on this list. Oh, please. Who has the better flipping resume? Julio Jones or Michael Thomas? Julio doesn't have crap for the last couple of years. He can't. I'm get sorry. Into the he had zone. 10 he years. He's putting up historic numbers. Yeah. And he doesn't get into the red zone anymore. Oh my God. You're I injury right now, the last it, two seasons. And I, I just, I, I can't, I, I can't. Julio Jones is literally one of the greatest receivers of all time. Michael Thomas yeah, is not there yet. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is a list of current players, and you have Julio Jones on this list, and that is astounding to me. He's not even starting in fantasy lineups, for the love of God. Andy, he's still, right now, at 32 years old. By the way, 32. That's not like, you know, it's not like Larry Fitz at 39 right now. It's not anything crazy. I understand he's not where he was at his peak. He is Larry still, Fitz last year played better than him. He's still right now one of the best specimen of a receiver we've ever seen in this NFL. He's still a threat. He still gets respect when he does line up on the field. Yes, I wish he was at full health right now. He's not. It stinks. He's still trying to play. He's still trying to get out there. And I still think he is one of the best receivers and still is one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL because it's Julio flipping Jones. Wouldn't you take, let me ask you this. Would you take Julio Jones over any other receiver on the Pats right now? That is an unfair question. We have garbage. <laughs> that it is just an says, absolutely unfair question. Well, if Julio's so bad, then you wouldn't want him, right? He's not anywhere in this discussion of top 10. He's not He's not on my just missed list. He hasn't done it for years. He hasn't gotten to the end zone in years. The guy is washed. He can still play. I'm not saying he can't start in the NFL, but I can say that about a lot of guys. Nelson Aguilar starts in the NFL for the love of Jesus. I just, I, I just love the idea that he's washed in the NFL because his last good year was 2019. And I'm um, just, I'm just, you know, because I'm bad at math. You help me out. Michael Thomas's last good year was, oh, look at that, 2019. Oh, funny. Yeah, good. Let's, let's, no, no, That's not weird. even just, close. Just weird. Not, just... not even close. My God. You, you're just mad because you drafted him and he sucks. I'm just mad you're not showing the man the respect he deserves. I no. I, I, I respect Julio Jones and the fact that he's one of the greatest to ever do it, but it's he's washed. It's Peyton Manning his last year. Peyton's one of the one of the top like three ever to do it at quarterback, and he got benched his last year in the NFL. So that's that's what it is. He's just 32. not at it. He's just not good anymore. Two. Not good anymore. I, I don't I Respectfully you have to disagree. Be able to stay on the field in order to be on this list. Say that about Michael Thomas, the guy you put at six. Yeah, he's it's called he's out right now. He's not getting hurt I, every two minutes. Nobody's interested. He shouldn't be in the top ten because he's not playing. Oh my gosh. Good, I'm just saying it's it's hypocritical for you to put Michael Thomas in and then preach to me about being healthy on the field. Because he I have seen it from Michael Thomas at least on a consistent basis, and then he's just hurt. He can't help that. Julio Jones has a Julio Jones hasn't gotten in the red zone. He can't do it, and he doesn't do it at the same level anymore. It's not bad. It's not the worst thing you've ever seen. But, my God, it's not top ten. I think we need to move on. 
Yeah, we're going to move on. All right, we both have DK and Keenan Allen, pretty similar spots. Um, the last difference, Cooper Cup almost made it for me. I, I kind of debated putting him in, but um, I have Jamar Chase. And it's five I know games. that's bold to say. I know, but look at these stats. Fourth in the NFL in receiving yards right now. Third in touchdowns. Third in third down catches of seven yards or more. Um, second in yards per catch, only behind Henry Ruggs, who is literally only deep balls. He leads the league in big catches, 25 yards or more with eight. Actually, he's tied with Cooper Cup for this, but man, Jamar Chase is special, and I'm sorry, he's already shown he's the best deep ball receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. I understand where you come from. It's five games. I, I, I need a little bit more of a... Well, uh, I'm just calling he, it early. He looks very good. He looks very phenomenal. I'm excited no, to see his career. Just missed. He's, uh, he's, he's on my just... I'm giving him credit. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, you know, say he's not even top 20. No, no, no. He's definitely... Because with receivers, you see it a lot, especially the top-tier ones like Julio Jones. <clears throat> uh, just these guys come in and they can immediately make a difference. So, Jamar Chase, I, I can see him being top 10 at the end of the year even. It's just... Five games is a little too soon. Unlike Cooper Cup, who has seven touchdowns so far this year, has been phenomenal. Matt Stafford's favorite weapon and has just been tearing up offenses, uh, defenses, excuse me. Wow. He he was a tough one. I have to go. I just, I think Chase talent-wise is better, and that's what it kind of comes down to. A couple guys I had who just missed out on the cut. A.J. Brown, talented, great player. Can't stay on the field. Calvin Ridley, I want to see him take over a little bit more. Allen Robinson, I know he's had bad quarterback play, but my God, you got to do something for me, man. Like, we all want to give you that respect, but my God, do something. A couple Cowboys guys, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, talent-wise, is going to probably get up here at some point in in his career. Um, Chris Godwin's a hell of a player, and obviously Cooper Cup, as I just mentioned. Yeah, and just a couple guys myself. Um... Obviously, Jamar Chase we talked about, but uh, Debo, uh, I think, doesn't get enough credit uh, for what he's doing in San Fran. Uh, he's definitely the top weapon there and has been making the use of it. Uh, Scary Terry, uh, similar to uh, Allen Robinson in certain quarterback play. <laughs> Scary Terry has been uh, doing what he can at the bare minimum with the ball thrown to him and has been making the most out of it. And then I agree with you on the same with Robinson. Just uh, he, everything's there. He just he needs to do it a little bit more. You, we want to put him in the top 10. I, I want to give him I do. respect. <laughs> Um, I think you have Debo in two fantasy leagues, so I think that's the only reason. I, I can't he even consider is him for so it. good. He's good. I just can't consider him because he's only done it for – he did it for a half season as a rookie, and then – and it wasn't still top 10. It was like he was just a good receiver last year, injured all year. And then, again, like you said, it's five year, It's five games this season. It's good. It's Kyle Shanahan's offense. I just – I can't put him in that category. Five games in his career, Jamar Chase is top ten, though. Okay. Oh, but he's shown it. He's your next Julio Jones. You're probably going to be talking about him when he's 32 and washed. He's uh, a. Hey, I know he's a uh, broke Bobby. I'm 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 red hot. It's been a long day for me, and I've had to deal with this stupid list that has Michael Thomas at six that I still can't get over, and I just it's. I hope Jamar Chase has a great career. Always love doing this with Andy. I was I was really wondering where you were going with that last sentence. Like, is he about to wish harm on Jamar Chase? <laughs> My God, please not this week. I have to beat. I have to. I have to win some matchups. Uh, <laughs> all right, we we need a break from sports list. We'll we'll bring back a couple other positions. Running backs. I feel like running back will be a fun one. Healthy. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe we'll get to the defense. I feel like there's going to be some entertaining ones there. Um, point I wanted to make, or I, I brought it up earlier, Deshaun Watson, the rumors today, apparently he's going to go to Miami, whether it's this week or before the trade deadline on November 2nd. Uh, I mean, do you hope it happens? Do you, what do you, what do you think? I mean, I, this, it's obviously, it's going to be huge no matter where he goes. I mean, before even all the legal uh, situation came about, uh, it was looking like a move for Deshaun was actually the best move. Um, that team is in a complete, complete rebuild. Like They might actually be the worst in the league in terms of roster needs and youth more than anything else. So I think but not a move neck. for— but not, No, no. Plenty of neck. They have a lot of neck. And actually, that kind of tells you what they thought about the shot. I mean, they got the one non-first-round quarterback, but still a pretty high-value guy. 
Uh, Davis Mills, obviously, is who we're talking about. Uh, but I think making a trade for Deshaun, if you can get at least two first-round picks for him, and I know that seems kind of low, but with the legal situation, that's what's best. You have the most expensive bench warmer in the world right now, $25 million a flipping year. So a move for him is what's best for pretty much everyone involved. Miami gets their guy of the future. Houston can move on from everything, and then Deshaun gets his new location. And then, obviously, we'll see what happens with the legal moves, but I – can't imagine i'm gonna try to say this very carefully if deshaun did what he did i hope he goes to jail and all that but i doubt miami would have done this if with their resources available there's some good light or good news involving deshaun yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see how this shakes out and like you said if any of this is true then get out watson just get out of the league get out of our lives but if it's if he's, you know what, nothing's happened right now. It's gonna be interesting to see if anything ever does happen. To be honest with this, but the fact is, if he is able to play and everything, Miami, they are getting a top ten quarterback in the NFL in the middle of his prime. He's still young. I think, you know, it's not a rookie quarterback, but man, this is a top, potentially top five NFL quarterback who just led the league in passing last year um, on your roster with. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, you know, Mike Gusecki, there's some weapons for him. They need to improve that offensive line, but they've got some extra draft capital. This would be a huge monumental move for Miami. Doesn't put them in the playoffs this year. They might be in a little bit too big of a hole, but next year, I mean, that team, you, you don't give them the favorites in the East just because of the bills, but they're going to be up there. They're going to be a playoff team and, if they can continue to protect him with that offensive line, Miami's going to be, I think what we expected them to almost be this year, you know, a consistent playoff contender. And it kind of sucks to see Tua not get that opportunity just because I think he's shown throughout this year and last that he has talent, but that team's not ready to win with him. They need, they need a veteran. They need someone who is seasoned. They can't develop a quarterback with that offensive line and that skill group. So it'll be an interesting situation, but I don't know. Over under, does it happen this week or later? Later. Does it happen, I guess, is the question. Yes. I agree. It's going to happen later down the line. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's this offseason because my one argument, and I, I, I just, I guess the argument for it is you don't want to be paying Deshaun $25 million a year to sit on your bench, but. The counter is, I think, Houston should wait uh, for this offseason just because, A, you'll have a clearer picture on what Deshaun's situation is, and, B, when teams are offering you picks, you'll know what picks they are. That's also true. Um, and the fact is, too, I think – I'm actually – I'm going to say it happens now because I think teams are going to want to make a move on a quarterback if they need one, if they're in quarterback purgatory, which we look around the league, there's a lot of them that are. Um this is a bad quarterback class. It's not good. There is no clear number one. The The odds-on favorite, Spencer Rattler, to be number one has been benched. And I think he's he's going to probably enter the transfer portal that today on his Instagram bio. Oklahoma, no longer a part of it. So um, it's just – it's not shaping up to be a good class. There's going to be a lot of solid quarterbacks. I think, you know, you'll see three or four go in the first round most likely. Um, but number one, probably not. Um and we'll see about even top five. But so, you know, if teams need a quarterback, they're going to want to look on the trade market. They're going to want to look to try to move on, you know, move on some of these young proven guys in the league. And Watson tops the list again, assuming he can play. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason just with all the moves that have had to be made. But obviously, Deshaun will be the first uh, piece to follow before anything else. Yeah, it's it's either way, whether it happens now or in the offseason, it's going to be very interesting to see, and it's going to change the league. I think it's going to set some very interesting precedents. Hell of a show, Bob. Hell of a show. I got a little heated there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you uh, you had some interesting takes, Guy. Uh, I understand your uh, disagreement with my list, but uh, i just uh, looking forward to moving on. Yeah, you know, we're and I think we're going to take a little bit of a break from each other. Um, no, no, you next week on the show. You're going to be off at your sister's wedding. Congrats yes, my sister is getting 
my sister is getting married in Disney. Very excited for her. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and I will be in Florida enjoying the sun. So have fun. Thankfully, we'll still be getting a show. Um, I'll come on. We'll do a little. We'll go over the Jets game. I'm sure we'll have some stuff to talk about. But I've already lined up a fantastic guest for next week, especially for those who follow fantasy football. So just wait and see. I'll have that interview at the back half of the show. But thanks again for listening to Tailgate Talks from myself and Bobby. We appreciate the support. Looking forward to continuing to bring you shows. And, you know, obviously we got the music now, so we're totally legit. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at GBS Tailgate. Um, I could not get Tailgate Talks as a handle, unfortunately. As you can imagine, that's been taken. Uh, and we're just looking forward to more and more great shows, more and more sports lists, more and more arguments. Um, and again, just quick thank you to Guy Boston for giving us a platform. But, Bob, we'll have fun in Florida. Get a tan for the love of God, and we'll see you next time.